Hello, and welcome to the Called Bank Podcast. Today, we're going to be focusing on the upcoming offseason, which, depending on how Corona goes, might be coming quicker than we all expect. Um, we found an article by Ben Anderson at KSL Sports with the Utah Jazz offseason priority list. And it's a great read. I'm just totally shouting it out. And we were kind of going to discuss our beliefs and our criticisms of that article. And the first big checklist item is sign Donovan Mitchell to a full extension. So what were your thoughts on that, Dale? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, We're going, like, as a forewarning, we're going to be seeing a lot of extensions on this list because the Utah Jazz don't have a lot of cap room because Mike Conley will be paid $34 million next year if he decides to opt in which we're all guessing he's going to, right? But sign Donovan Mitchell to an extension. I agree that should be number one priority. He is your franchise player. You want to keep him happy, keep him around for 20 years, get him paid sooner rather than later. It makes sense. And like you said, a lot of these are extensions. So a lot of the conversation is also going to be about money. Since looking at the Japs, the Jazz's cap space right now, um. You know, they were, I think they ended up going a tiny bit old. I can't remember. There was some sort of trade that addition that happened in a trade in order to make enough space to make the calmly deal go through because the cap was a bit less than expected. And with that calmly deal, with that 34 million, they're going to be right up on the cap again. And so depending on where we go in the future years, Money's going to start becoming a real big issue for the Jazz here soon. So I agree. You need to sign Donovan Mitchell. He is the face of the franchise. Um, Rudy Gobert actually made some comments this week talking about how he totally gets that Donovan Mitchell is more fun to watch than him, which I would argue against sometimes. But, I mean, he's the young blood. His heart and soul is in Utah, and you have to make him happy. You can't risk having another Gordon Hayward incidents where incident where you try to milk this extension and try to wait as long as you can to get it done. Yeah, he, I think he's good for Utah. He's good for the Jazz. Uh, he has that winning attitude. Um, I, I think his, his mindset is very similar to Giannis Antetokounmpo where he wants to work. And Giannis has said, he's like, Giannis is going to be as loyal as he can to the Bucks as long as they're putting the team in a position to win. So I believe Donovan Mitchell will be the same. He's going to be patient with the organization, realize that it takes a little bit of time to build a culture, but the Jazz need to be winning while he's there if they want to be around. So I think that's a player you want on your team. Totally. And I think just kind of looking at players with like super strict mentalities, I mean, that kind of totally segues into the next one, which is re-sign Jordan Clarkson, which, I mean, I'm looking at the cap space right now, and I'm really intrigued how you would pull that off. Um, Obviously, the goal is going to be to get rid of Ed Davis, get his contract off the books, which clears up about $5 million. But he's still going to be demanding 13 to $14 million as one of the best free agents in the in the coming off season just because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of choices right now yeah it's going to be tough to get him back 
like I feel like if the Jazz want to get him back, which they should, he's been one of the best offensive pieces they've had. They're going to have to lose a lot of depth. They're going to have to drop a lot of those like smaller contract guys and then replace them with even younger, even smaller contracts. Yeah, and so I mean, looking at that, since if you get rid of, if you get rid of Ed Davis, that's five million, and the Jazz can go a bit over the cap, um, signing him since it would be a re-sign; it wouldn't be an acquisition. Um, and then you can look at you can look at Nigel Williams, Goss, Mayoni, and like Joan Morgan. You know, those are all one and a half million um, deals that gets you up to like nine and a half million. Um, of players that you could probably just send to the G League, but and then you have Rajon Tucker as well. But I think with how big of a signing he was coming out of the G League, I don't know if sending him back would be a like a good move for their relationship. But it's definitely doable, and I wouldn't be surprised if they you know went into the cap. But I think one of the biggest concerns is will the cap go up because it typically goes up because the economy goes up. But with coronavirus, I've heard a lot of concerns that the cap is going to go down. So I feel like just a lot of things right now are just really big unknowns for just all organizations when looking at their salaries. Another question that jazz need to be asking themselves is what is their focus this off season? If, if they're focused on next season, this offseason, they they're in like a win this coming season, then their moves need to be a little bit different. But I think they need to have the mindset of let's build this and two or three seasons we're going to be competing for a title. So in which case you want to have Jordan Clarkson on a three year deal because he's going to be a huge piece on if if you have Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench as a huge piece if you're going for a title. Uh, and I'm thinking with like you're paying Mike Conley 34 million this coming season. If you're in a win now mentality, you should probably look for a way to dump his salary so you can add more pieces. But I think the Jazz should be looking to, okay, we'll pay him his 34 million at the end of his contract. We'll re-sign him for 15 million a year, and then we have more money to pick up a couple other pieces. In, in two, three years to build that squad that will be ready to win a championship. Totally. And like you said, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see since the Jazz are not the type of franchise that can just go all in on one season and make it work. There has to be some sort of like continuance to their, um, to their lineups. And so that's why I think these checklists are all really interesting just because they're they're super difficult from a monetary perspective, especially being in a small market. I mean, the next one on the list was trade Ed Davis, which we kind of touched on a bit. I don't think that's going to be super difficult to do. I mean, it's a $5 million contract. The Jazz are just going to look to whatever they get for him to be able to drop that salary. So that's just money in the Jazz's pocket that they can spend somewhere else. And then yeah, he's a very tradable player, small, like fairly small salary, and he he can still provide value. He just didn't really work for the Jazz this year. 
Totally. But yeah, so makes sense. And then the next one on the list is the big money sucker. Um, do you want to talk about that one, Dale? Yeah, so he said they want to explore an extension for Rudy Gobert. And obviously this is one where you want to get done earlier rather than later if you can. But Rudy Gobert, uh, he's looking for a lot of money. And he'll be eligible for a lot of money. So if the Jazz can't figure out this year, they might have to wait till next season. But what what I think is, is Rudy Gobert worth all that money like like i understand he's a huge part of the team he's like their defensive piece that like makes the whole defense work but if he sucks up 40 percent of the cap like can you build a winning team with so little money especially when you're looking at paying donovan mitchell a lot as well so then how much money do you actually have to pay players like jordan clarkson or uh bogdanovich uh, I, what do you think? How much would you be willing to pay Rudy Gobert? You know, considering how he's eligible for five years, 50 million, sorry, 250 million. I mean, five years, 200 million would be like a pretty big deal to get him on that, especially if the cap does go up, hopefully um, as the economy rebounds. But looking at it, I mean, I think that it's already pretty much accepted that the Supermax is a failure. That, I mean, if you're on a good team, all of a sudden, like, Golden State is expected to offer that to someone like Steph Curry, which makes it really hard for them to compete in certain aspects. But then, if you're on a bad team, then all of your cap gets sucked up, too. So, I don't really know what's a good way to try to keep players in certain places and try to keep them in their teams. But, I mean, it's also been shown that teams are going to be willing to, that players will bail. Like, Kawhi Leonard left. I mean, I would not be shocked to see Giannis leave. Um, I guess in the end, I think that Rudy Gobert wants to be in Utah to the point where hopefully they can sign him to the max of what other teams would be able to offer him. Um, Just so they have more cap space to actually compete for a title. Yeah, if if I was... If you can get Rudy Gobert on, like like you said, somewhere around a five-year $200 million, I feel like he provides the value and he's a fan favorite. So it, that's, it's worth paying him that much. But if it goes much higher than that, I might even consider looking at trading him next season so that you don't lose him to free agency. And you can pick up some other young pieces around the same timeline as Donovan Mitchell which I kind of like that idea, but at the same time, you realize that when you lose Gobert, you're losing a lot of defense, and you might be gaining a little bit of offense back, but it's going to be hard. You'll have to like rewrite the whole Jazz system when you don't have Rudy Gobert down low. Yeah, I think... I mean, he's essential. Like I feel like he is essential on the Jazz, so I'm hopeful they're able to get a deal done. I just feel like that's the biggest problem being in small markets, trying to get something going for a period of time, is it almost feels like you need to catch lightning in a bottle where you have players on small contracts and you can get that championship and then kind of let things deteriorate from there instead of just getting closer and closer and then having everything blow up in your face from an economic perspective. 
Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to figure out, especially when you don't like you're saying you don't know what the cap is going to be like, because like everyone looks at the Thunder when they uh, traded away James Harden, and if they knew what the cap was going to do, they would have kept him, and then the Thunder would have been the dynasty in the NBA for a while. So, is that going to be the case with the Jazz? Like, you can't really predict the future. Yeah, and so. That's why I think these extensions are all really good, but really risky. Just because depending on how things go in the future, the Jazz might just be left dumping like they ended up dumping and rebuilding, which isn't something that I want to see in Utah again. I mean, after they got rid of when I was like in when we were in middle school, I mean, after they got rid of pretty much everyone that they had and started over again with Gordon Hayward, like. Those were some hard years. Like, it's not fun to see that. So, I'm I'm hopeful. And I really do think the Jazz have a lot of great talent right now. Um, the next two on the list, I feel like, can be knocked out pretty quick. Um, it's just extend Georges Nyang and extend Tony Bradley. Which, I mean, both of which I think are no-brainers. Um, which is why they made the cut. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. It makes sense. The great role players coming off the bench, they add value and they can sign for cheap contracts. So I think like these are good deals because they will be both team friendly and player friendly. And I don't know, they're, they're good. They fit with the jazz system. I, I don't know if anyone can really argue against these right now. Yeah. And I especially extend Tony Bradley now It's on when he's improving and don't wait on that one. And he, I mean, he has Gobert's backup. So worst case scenario, if you trade Gobert, you need Bradley to step up. So I think those are both great. I think that the last one on the list is kind of the one that's more difficult because it's necessary. But the question is how? And that one is the Jazz need one more guard. They'll hopefully have Clarkson, um, Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Bojan, and um, Conley, but they need one more. So who are they going to get for that position? And I, I said Joe, but he's a forward. So who, who are they going to get to be that fifth guard? And how can they do that? Obviously, we would love to keep Moutier around, but uh, he's going to leave. Like when he signed with Utah, he kind of said his goal was to kind of take a year off. Well, not really a year off, but a year away from like the pressures of a ton of minutes and just focus on his game and getting better with the Jazz. And so I think his mindset is he's going to go get paid now and he's going to go get a bigger role. So we can't keep Moody around. If we could, that would be awesome. He's had some great moments with the Jazz this year. Uh, I think the best option is find the best player in the draft. Find the best guard left on the table. Like, I know we want to see the Jazz do the best they can this season, but with it's like there's three games difference between like the number three spot and the number seven spot in the West. So if the Jazz end up with number seven, they might have um, like a pick not too far after the lottery. So they might be able to pick up a pretty decent player in the draft. That's what I would recommend, especially with the cap issues going on with the jazz for the coming season. 
I mean, maybe they should just drop to the number seven intentionally then, you know, since, I mean, there's no home court. And that way you don't play the Lakers till the conference finals. But I agree with you. I think it has to be through the draft or maybe through maybe if they have someone through the G League. But I don't see any other option. I mean, they don't have the money to go out and pick someone up. So you have to somehow get a good pick. And that's going to be the hard part is they don't have a lot of good capital when it comes to picks right now. So that's what I think. I think the Jazz are a piece or two away. But the question is, how do they get that piece or two? And I don't know how right now, honestly. Yeah, I think this next season, uh, they'll be a good team, hopefully better than this last year. It will be more of a season of, okay, let's focus for the future. Let's build this. Let's perfect the system. Let's build the chemistry between our main guys. Let's let's work. Let's like get Mitchell's shot a little bit better so he's more of a threat from the outside. Just like little tweaks like that, working on player development. And then in a couple of years, hopefully they can sign Conley for quite a bit less. Then they can add those pieces through free agency and be a scary team. And that's my one question is, will they be able to sign Conley for less? And one thing that would be really interesting to see since Conley's rich, like, and he deserves to make his money if that's what he wants. But if he were to opt out and then sign a, and then sign not a minimum, but like a 15 million, $20 million deal, then that would leave the jazz a lot more room open to push for that championship. And I feel like that Conley's at the point where he either needs to make the decision, I want to get paid, or I want to chase a ring. And I'll be interested to see what he chooses. That's a tough one because it's almost like, like, it's like where your focus is. Like, because getting paid, like, no one can get mad at a player for wanting to get paid. But then, like, everyone, like, loves the players that want the ring. Yeah, like uh, me- I don't know. It's a, it's a, like if you were in that position, and like even though you have lots of money from like past seasons, like are you just going to leave fifteen million dollars on the table to go chase a ring when like you already it's it's in your contract signed that if you want to you can just take thirty four million and you're still going to be the starting point guard on a good team. Like that's interesting. I think when we all fantasize about being in the NBA or being a professional athlete, we think, oh, we would totally just put all that money on the table, leave it there, and chase a ring. But in reality, when you have to turn down $15 million, I think the vast majority of people would say, screw that ring and take the money. Because that's the money's guaranteed. The ring's not. And I mean, what really is the ring? Just a piece of metal in the end? Like, it's not something that's going to really contribute to your future unless that's the memory and the legacy you want to have. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough decision for any player there. But that that was a list. Um, let us know what you think about the list. Um, Go Bear is probably the, the most heated topic on here of, like, is he worth paying the five-year $250 million or what should we do? So let us know what you think. Is there anything that you would have added to the list? Um, again, this is an article from KSL Sports by Ben Anderson, and 
we just kind of went through it and gave our thoughts and told you what it was. So go read it and let us know what you think.